None of us would ever want to be cruel. But if we find that we're sometimes a little insensitive, do we have methods to correct that? This is Rabbi Yitzchak Price with another episode of Tachos Talks, growth-oriented, partial-related Torah podcasts. Our upcoming parsha of Kiseitze is packed. Many, many, many mitzvahs addressing the breadth of Jewish experience. And I want to look at one mitzvah that the technical details of the mitzvah may not be something that is so pertinent to you on a daily basis, but the lesson learned from it is something very significant for all of us. When plowing your field, the Torah describes you should not team together the shor and the chamor, the ox and the donkey. Don't plow utilizing the ox and the donkey together to pull the plow. Now, some describe the issue over here of the imbalance. The ox probably much stronger and as he's pulling, the donkey's lagging behind and causes perhaps some physical distress to the donkey. And as a rule, we are told to avoid needless physical distress to animals. Sarah Bali Chaim is a prohibition. But when the commentary of the Dasakanim in Balitosis, one of the commentaries printed in the very large Mikroskodolos um, texts, he has another perspective. He quotes over there that the concern is that the shore, the ox, is a kosher animal. The chamor, is, uh, the donkey, is a non-kosher animal. What's one of the big dividing lines between the kosher animals and the non-kosher animals? Whether they chew their cud. The ox chews its cud, basically meaning that when it ingests food, it doesn't just ingest it and digest it in one shot, but it tosses it back up at a level of regurgitation. We won't get too graphic, but it kind of reaccesses the same food, chews it again, and then tosses it down into the stomach. The donkey, being a non-kosher animal, doesn't have that more complicated digestive system. As the Dazakanami Balitosis is explaining, here we have these animals walking along. They both had their breakfast half an hour ago, and the donkey looks to the side and he sees that the ox is eating again. Every day he manages to find himself having food some period of time following the meal that they perhaps shared. And where is the ox getting his food? And that is putting the donkey into a state of distress. Not talking about the physical imbalance and that he's straining his muscles, but that he's all like, what's up with this? And where is he getting the food? And how come I don't have the food? And it's no fun to watch someone else eat when you don't have the capacity to do the same. This lesson that you, Mr. Farmer, before setting up these animals to plow, have to be mindful of the fact that you can't be causing this level of distress. You can't be insensitive to the donkey's frustration. It's a fascinating lesson that applies far beyond the plowing of the field as well. I don't know. I think we, we've done a little plowing, more like tilling the soil with one of those machines, but haven't had an ox and a donkey teamed up in my yard recently. A lot of deer and maybe geese, but the ox and the donkey exact scenario may not play itself out. But how about looking around our lives and paying attention to circumstances where we are perhaps not fully attentive to the fact 
that a certain behavior might cause somebody else a little distress? Are we cognizant of the fact that a certain comment might cause somebody else a little distress? And again, without trying to be cruel and, and hopefully steering far away from that, but are we fully sensitive to the other? It's interesting, when it comes to the Shabbos table, Shabbat uh, dinner or day Shabbos, day Shabbos day, we have a very strong tradition to cover the challah as we make Kiddush. One of the reasons for that is related to the challah representing the manna in the desert, the man, which had a protective coating over it, and reflective of that we have the cover. But a second theme is that generally... Bread is the primary food of the meal. We generally start our meal with a bread form. And here on the Shabbos, on the holiday, we are stalling the use of the bread and starting instead with a kiddush. And the bread doesn't appreciate that. It's a little bit disturbing to the bread. So we basically cover over the bread so as not to see its embarrassment, not to see that it is being stalled, put on pause, and not being given this priority spot at the beginning of the meal. Now, I have never seen a challah start trembling with frustration or blush or turn white with embarrassment. Well, maybe because my challahs are covered. But regardless of that, this is to the inanimate. The animal we're sensitive to, we're even sensitive to the inanimate, not necessarily due to the challah's own sensitivity, but to teach ourselves a lesson, to constantly be in tune to the fact that when you are about to bypass somebody for some role, whether it's in the workplace and you are giving somebody an extra task with an extra potential of a bonus, uh, an upgrade, uh, a uh, promotion, whether it is in a family setting and you are assigning one of your children, to take on a certain responsibility that's really somewhat of a privilege, it doesn't have to be in the face of the others. Is there a way to be more sensitive to the others, to have them not feel slighted as you do whatever this appropriate act is of giving out this privilege or this bonus? But if we're sensitive to that challah, we're sensitive to the donkey, we have to be sensitive to the others that are part of our lives. If it's Shabbos and the cover was not placed on the table and you start screaming at your spouse or your child, like, what's up with this? How come we didn't cover the challah? Didn't quite get the message. We've got to be sensitive to the other, at least as sensitive as we are to that challah. This notion that we have to be in tune proactively to be, to be aware of what it is that's about to happen, and could there be some negative ramifications? Actually, one a heroic young couple, who I will not name, um, they would probably be very, very disturbed, but I know a heroic young couple that when they were about to be announcing their engagement, stalled doing so, so that they would be in a different environment. It's a question of in whose city, which family they were going to be celebrating with the initial engagement, because they knew that it would be particularly distressful to some people who were in the environment A option, and just moving it to another location would have taken off some of the edge without getting involved in details. If they're listening, they know who they are, and it was a very big deal, a very heroic move. You're ready to announce big information. You want to share this and, and celebrate installing, putting on a slight pause and relocating it geographically, and again, in a way that made sense but with the ultimate purpose 
to eliminate a potential pain and distress to some people who would have been in that first environment and would have, without getting too involved in details, been somewhat um, frustrated. Sensitivity, caring, how do we get there? Again, taking it for granted, we're not wanting to be cruel, we're not wanting to cause the distress. Well, number one, we've got to be aware of what we're doing and aware of the ramifications. We've got to be mindful, we've got to be awake. Torah demands that we be awake, alert, attentive. Can't be lazy, even uh, intellectually lazy. We can't be, uh, you know, have, have our minds uh, in the clouds. We've got to be attentive to what it is that we're doing. We've got to be attentive to our surroundings. We've got to be attentive to the people that we share those surroundings with and to the ramifications to all those people. Well, it's so easy. It's not always easy to be attentive to those that surround us. A potential tackle step, a practical takeaway that might help I don't know how to have us all immediately become fully alert in every moment, every situation. But we can probably take the bigger deal, the bigger events, uh, the situations. You're having a celebration of some type, a get-together, a, a family dinner with more than immediate family. The type of event that you're looking forward to, that you take some steps towards planning, not just the routine. Of course, we want to be totally mindful in the routine as well. But let's start by working that whenever we are planning an event, as we plan the event, we try to visualize the reaction of others that we are going to be interfacing with in that setting. So that, for example, if I am planning an event because we're into a new home, I want to show off the home, I want to have some type of outdoor barbecue, probably if it's right now in the in COVID period of history, uh, or whatever other, um, whatever other um, elements I'm going to utilize to make this a fun event for my friends. I'm planning this event. It's not going to be in the next 10 minutes. It's going to be in the next 10 days. So that's going to fall into this category. It's, it's a big event. I'm planning as I'm planning that who is on invitation list and how are they reacting is there someone on that list who has recently suffered a significant financial setback? Is there someone on that list who has suffered some major problems uh, in the home that aren't being covered by insurance? Is there someone on that list for whom a celebration of a home isn't going to be the most upbeat experience? It can be sensitive to that. I'm not talking about having to cancel the event. Can be sensitive to that and find some way to bring them in. Find them some way to make them comfortable, at least in this event. May not, may not be the case that you, can, you may not be able to come up with something like that. But starting with this premise, as I'm planning it, I'm trying to think of who else is in this, who's part of this scene. Then hey, maybe I'll realize yes, yeah, someone else had a setback. And they can't be talking about a home. They were hoping to be buying a nice home, and it's not happening for them. But can I find something that will make them appreciate this particular event all the more? They just love a certain dessert. I'm going to include that in the menu. They just love a certain activity. We're going to include that in the day's affairs. Not major deals over here, but simply pausing, pondering, and then applying based on what it is that we have determined as we visualize that. Hopefully, the more we do this for the big events, again, you're making the, the bar mitzvah, maybe in the backyard if it's happening soon, you're making that bar mitzvah, 
there's someone else coming who has not been blessed with kids. And again, ultimately, they, they appreciate they're having their own mitzvah, they appreciate being invited, but can I be a little more sensitive to the fact that for them, it's not the same type of simcha as for the five or six other people who have kids in bar bat mitzvah age who are attending it, for whom this is like really the in thing right now. Throughout life, we're going to have experiences. Throughout life, we're going to have interaction with others. Throughout life, we're going to encounter situations where not all the others are as appreciative of the moment as we are, or as the core group is. Have them in mind. Have them as part of your focus, and put some energy into seeing to it that you'll resolve some of their angst, some of their frustration. You'll be sensitive to them to the degree that you can. If so, We'll have learned our lesson from that challah, the lesson from that donkey. Uh, hey, something as simple as the fact that is if you have food and you're going to be eating this donut or sushi or ice cream or pizza, fill in the blank with your favorite food and you don't have enough to share, don't make a point of eating that <laughs> facing somebody else who is hours away from when they're going to sit down to dinner. Learn these lessons be like the farmer who learned to find a different way to plow. Hey, that was something that could have worked for me. Those two animals were available. I will stall, find a different team to utilize a different way to plow my field so I'm not being insensitive to that frustration of the donkey. Certainly, we'll all become less insensitive to the other, far more sensitive to them instead, and in so doing, become the type of people who are far more likely to achieve our tachlis.